This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of... Zing this. You've got me, Zinger. And I'm Ellie. And we are joined by a special guest. Me, David, from Tales from the Fandom. Yes, David Ginsburg is back on again for a very interesting Yay. topic that we'll get to in a little bit. But we've, of course, got some, some news, trailer-related news, that news, is. News, news, news. You're making that a thing. <laughs> I know. All right, so I guess let's start off with D- D- Disney, why? Why not? D- D- Disney's first for this one. Um, Disney's everywhere. Incredibles two. Yes. I, I would finally. S- I would say teaser. Yes. I think that's appropriate. Yes, for that trailer. Yes. What did you guys think of the teaser? I wish my baby was like that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I was just going to say, I wish that. They hadn't said whoever was doing the the reporting on it called it a trailer. I was really disappointed that it was so short and didn't give me anything. But I'm so excited that they are bringing back the Incredibles world, especially after Brad Bird had said and sworn repeatedly that we would never see anything else beyond the first one. I'm definitely happy about that myself. Um, I'm sure we'll probably review them. The 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 first movie on here and of course the second movie when it comes out so i'm i'm excited to to do that because i'm i know that that's it's probably one of my favorite pixar movies to be honest and probably up there with my superhero movies too nice I don't know if it ranks up there with anyone else definitely pixar yes Sorry. it's one of my favorite pixar movies um yeah more better than better than some of the other ones that they've released awesome all right so moving on to the next trailer Ellie, would you like to, to, to go into this one since it features... Well, I'm assuming which one it is because of my absolute obsession with this man. Go for it. Oh my gosh. It looks so disturbingly horrible, but so much fun at the same time. It is Rampage. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know if anybody remembers being in the arcades playing these wonderful games... I remember playing one of the consoles. It was oh, like a Midway too. collection okay. that they had, and I think had it on there. Well, it was a great game in the arcade, too, though. Um, so much fun, so cheesy, just over the top. And when I first heard they were going to make this a movie, I thought I would die laughing. And, of course, it's so much better that The Rock is in it. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I love him. Is he trying to redeem himself from, from Doom? Well, he's in a lot of like cheesy, horrible movies, so it's oh, not I know. like I know. I'm just saying. I'm just like, is this his video game redemption for Doom? Well, I'm gonna say after watching the trailer, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that it's made by the same people that did San Andreas. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. See, I thought when I originally heard he was gonna be in that he was gonna be one of the people that turned into a monster. Oh. Because I thought in the original game that's what happened is like people were injected with stuff that turned them into the creatures. Gotcha. I might be one hundred percent wrong on that. I but, don't. But then know. again, ar- arcades 
I guess, mythology on certain games is right. a little hazy sometimes. I mean, I just remember just as you, you, the, you, as you the title. Buildings. Yeah, you rampage through the city with big monsters. That's that's the main thing. I don't remember the storyline so much. Um, so, but I, I'm super excited about it. Like I said, I, I, people have known of my opinions before that I like super cheesy, just ridiculous movies. Um, it's really bad though, because the whole time I watched the trailer and they kept calling him George, I kept going, George, George, George of the jungle. Like I couldn't get that out of okay. my head. <laughs> I, I got, I got older individuals here. Does anyone remember <laughs> that the, the live action movie with Brendan Fraser? Yes, I yes. do. Yep. I, I kind of want to find that. I kind of want to find it because I'm like, I feel like... You want to review it, don't you? No, I want to see it again because I'm like, I feel like it would hold up. I feel like you it's got that, that, that dumb sense of humor that kind of transcends space and time. Much like Freakazoid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Getting getting that... Got, and we're that, still waiting for the second season of The Tick. Yes, that that would... I'm Yeah, that, that would kind of yeah. also go into that. Uh, come same. on, Prime. Let's get it together. <laughs> I this movie for me, I guess Rampage gets my giant popcorn of the of of the <laughs> movie pick, which is just I want to just get a giant thing of popcorn and watch it. It's okay. Seeing the rock on screen just makes me excited for Jumanji too. Yep. So I'm ready. How does that guy stay in shape? Seriously, he's like shooting movies or working out. And somehow has as a personal life, I guess, too, and wrestles. I, I don't get do you, it. Do you know like the craziness that actors have to go through? Like they're insanely long days and I'm, I'm not saying surprised. he's in everything. He is in everything recently. Oh, and don't yes. forget he's supposed to be be Black Adam at some point for oh, DC. Yeah. yeah, we keep I feel like we've mentioned that on several episodes in a row now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Alright. So speaking of comic books, let's yes. move to our final final trailer that came out which i think came out left field i was not expecting this it was the deadpool 2 trailer which (laughs) if you want a way to subvertedly do an amazing trailer Uh, bravo genius bravo yes uh the bob ross painting thing and just it i just was sitting there the whole time just laughing because let me just just whack my brush off just, just gotta whack it. Just gotta whack right, it. Whack it. Let me whack it again. And, That's and, great. And then, if if you notice, they were doing the paint colors at the beginning. They were all movie references or movie titles. <laughs> yes. And just him with the afro was great. Oh, and then, yeah. and just every time he was painting, it just magically changed to a different thing. And there was some stuff in, I guess, the quick scenes. Yeah. That that I mean look cool, but once again, it's it's very early on in this, so I'm I'm excited and, and cable. I mean, we got to kind of see his hand and him sitting there with the, with the everyone around the yes. the dinner table. Yes, that was so funny. It was and great. We we haven't reviewed, we haven't reviewed Deadpool, have we? I would totally review it. We need to review Deadpool at some yeah. point. We need to review Deadpool. Mm-hmm. David, what's your opinion on this? Uh, I was excited to see Negasonic Teenage Warhead back <laughs> and with with uh, longer hair. So I'm I'm excited, but. I Deadpool was one of those movies that was out of left field. It wasn't one of the ones I was eagerly awaiting for, but I loved it. And I again, this uh, this trailer kind of came out of left field too. So yeah, had had no idea it was coming out, and there it was as a, a gift from Ryan Reynolds to yes. everybody. He is loving. He has being... lots of gifts. <laughs> he is loving being <laughs> this character, to be honest. <laughs> 
Well, he's perfect for it. He, so. he is. He he just. I I truly think he enjoy. I I truly <laughs> think he just wanders around his house in the in the outfit. We we were on the opposite end of the spectrum, and we were like counting the days to go see it. So we were very excited about yes, it. Yes, very excited about it. So the, de- definitely excited about the new one, and I guess we'll le- leading up to it, we'll probably get get the first Deadpool in as an yeah. actual us discussing it in depth discussion at some point. Um. So, before we get to our main topic, mm-hmm. we've got some stuff to take care of real quick. Okay. One, I'm sure you're all wondering about the Battlefront stuff. Battlefront 2. Yeah. We will discuss that, but we will discuss that after the main topic. So, if you're looking forward to that, we, we will. I promise we will have a quick discussion on it. We're not going to go too in-depth, but we want to give our, I guess, quick review on it. Mm-hmm. So... With that to look forward I to... I don't want to say review. First impressions. Yeah, first impressions. Because yeah. I'll, I'll probably say a few things that, that might lead to opinions and stuff. So with that, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have our main topic. Woo-woo! Hey, are you a jock that likes comics? Are you a nerd that likes comics? Do you feel left out sometimes? Well, then we've got the show for you. I'm Imran. And I'm Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we host the Jock and Nerd podcast at jockandnerd.com. If you're looking for fun, entertaining, laugh-out-loud geek chat over all the latest Marvel DC shows and news, visit jockandnerd.com. Full spoiler podcast, lots of swearing. Uh, you're such a jock. You're such a nerd. Oh, come on. Shut up, nerd. Okay. All right, Mr. David. Yes, sir. I would like for you to present the topic, since this was your idea, and when you came to us with it, it was very interesting, because we have had some people ask us, you know, hey, where can I start with, with DC Comics, or where can I start with comics? So, you came to us with a very unique approach, so I'm going to let you kind of take the floor for a second. Well, I grew up and have always been a marvel comics uh fan it's it's the one that i kind of attached myself to early on granted i love things like batman the animated series or the dc comics uh animated movie series that Mm -hmm. animated universe that they have or the arrow and supergirl and the flash on the cw however i'm very daunted by the fact that I don't know much about the DC comic side of things, and it's very hard for me when I walk into a comic shop to be like, where do I start? Because there's so there's been so many reboots, and there's <laughs> a lot of characters that I'm not familiar with, or I hear about them, and I'm like, oh, well, let me check them out. But I walk into the comic shop, I'm like, I don't know what Batgirl they're talking about, or which who's Batman, or that I don't understand what's going on with the Green Lanterns, and with how my show is like i talk to people regularly about dc comics but it's very hard again to talk to them about it with my limited knowledge so i came to you because you guys both love dc comics Mm -hmm. and i was just hoping to get some good starting points on like characters that i like or what like good story arcs would kind of ease me in without needing like the backlog of issues or okay you need to stay in like the new 52 continuity or you need to go before that continuity or after the con like 
I need that's I needed guidance, and you guys seemed the best people to ask, rather than me being embarrassed at my local comic shop. <laughs> well, first things first. <laughs> it doesn't. I was gonna say it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. Yeah. There's there always gonna be. There's there's always gonna be somebody more knowledgeable yeah. than you. And never. Oh, absolutely. By, by the way, for you and all of our listeners, never be afraid to ask. Oh no. Never 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 yeah. be afraid to ask your local comic book store for a recommendation because they more than likely read a ton of stuff so definitely take that another thing i'm going to point out before we get too into this is we did the cliff notes on a lot of this stuff for one to get you interested but to two to kind of start you on a path of possibly you know where to where to start or where to go so this is both for you sir and for our listeners as well who have asked us as well hey where do we start with this stuff or where's some what's some good recommendations without us doing full read this on them well i mean and i wanted to mention too Mm -hmm. is the fact that every single one of these things we're talking about today we could do one two three episodes we could do legendariums after legendariums on each individual character because there's so much out there yes so So we're hoping to broaden david's horizons with these while also informing you guys the listeners so definitely excited about this um course first things first before we get into this i'm just going to say this internet's your best friend um for this so if there is a character you're interested in and that we didn't mention it or we kind of brief over it take a look online real quick be like okay well where's a good starting point because they have stuff on there too and mind you this is 100 percent opinion based too so these are kind of me and ellie's kind of giving our good starting points but we tried to play within david's rules he gave us so hopefully we will we will be well within those for you, sir, and you are more than welcome to ask questions as we dive into this continuity-ridden comic book story that is the DC Universe. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, so I guess we should tell them which one. So David gave us a very, very detailed list of <laughs> numerous characters, numerous storylines, yeah. numerous stuff. And mind you, I don't think this is the last one of these we'll be doing with him. For our fans. And if you would, as a fan listening to this, would like to add to possibly our next one, which we'll probably do in a few months, uh, let us know. And if there's a certain character that we're talking about that you really would like to have an a entire full episode. episode of just that character. Let us that know. we can really dive in and get detailed, then yeah, let us know. We'll see what we can do for you. Um, so with that, the ones we're covering today off of his list are... Um, David, you asked about the reboots and the continuity. You know, the, all the crises and all that stuff. That's hard for mm-hmm. anybody to keep track of. So th- we, we're, we're going to start with that, but we're also going to do a course. A um, little bit of Batgirl. Mm-hmm. There's little, several of them, yes. and you asked us about that one as well. A little bit of um, the Robins. Yes. Um, you're, you're very, you, you asked a ton of Bat family related stuff, yes. sir. I did. I did. And I will do Batman as well. Mm-hmm. So we have that. Um, and as for a Batman villain... A little bit of Poison Ivy. And finally, I will wrap up with Green Lantern mm-hmm. and where to go with that. Awesome. So, so we, we, we hope that that kind of give, gives everyone a quick breakdown of where, we're, of where we're looking at with this. So with that... Okay, well, I guess I'll start off with, uh, with Batman because he's kind of like that... that he, he's one of the trinity in the DC Comics universe. Um, and I think I wrote to you and I said, I've seen all the movies except for Batman versus Superman and also, uh, Justice League. Mm-hmm. So haven't seen any of those, uh, but I've never read any, any Batman comics. And 
one of the ones that was recommended to me when I was in college was Hush. And then another one was recommended was the, like, I think it's called Battle for the Cowl or Battle of the Cowl. Yes. And those were the two that were always recommended to me. I haven't ever picked them up, but I didn't know if those were good places to start, like, self-contained or if there was something I'd need more to, like, know before I got into that. I wouldn't. Well, which which one? Because I actually have one of them on my list. Uh, really? Yeah. I don't know if I'd start with Hush. Okay. I was going to say Battle for the Cow would not be, I would not be, I would not advise you to go with that one because there's oh, yeah. a lot Either of backstory one. with that one. Yeah. Hush, you can kind of simplify a little bit. Um, you know about the Robin, Jason, Todd being killed. Yes. Okay. That's important and that's kind of, um, I, I, okay. Bias here. I'm a big fan of the Hush comic. I love it. It's, oh, it's I'm got, not saying it's bad. Oh, I, no, but I'm, I I'm, start with I'm trying to defend with that. That would be one that you don't need to know all the continuity. You just need to know certain bullet points. Uh, Jason Todd's dead, and that's <laughs> no, kind Todd? of... That's, that's no, Jason! That's kind of something that's, that's pivotal in this, is you have to know that he's dead going into this, because that, 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 that's a revolving mm-hmm. story point. It also is, is, if you're a fan of villains other characters in the DC universe, it is a great amalgamation of tons of people being involved in it. Personally, I would recommend it. Probably not as the first one if you don't know who Batman is or don't know his origins, because this really doesn't touch on it too much. Mm -hmm. But as for like a spectacle of his rogues gallery and other superheroes and his, of course, Bat family, this is a phenomenal one to go with. Oh yeah, it's a great, great series. I mean, great story, but I, I just wouldn't start with it. So, okay. so I guess I guess that answers that. But I do have some other recommendations for you, sir. As I said, Battle for the Cow has a lot of crisis-involved stuff and stuff that there's a lot going on there that's a little bit, I think, harder to jump into mm-hmm. with the basis being Batman's dead. Somebody, one of the other people is trying to take over for Batman is, I guess, the quickest way to sum that up. But there's a lot Did of other stuff Damian, going on. what? Sorry. <laughs> so... I guess from my recommendations on good starting points with not being bogged down by a ton of continuity to know, like, oh, you got to know all this. Uh, The Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Long Halloween being the first one, Dark Victory being the second one are their own little standalone stories. This is, of course, and this might be a theme that someone might pick out and point at me for. (laughs) Uh, This is written by Jeff Loeb, who also wrote Hush. But they are their own sort of kind of retellings of the early days of Batman to an extent. And they also got the origins of Robin in there, too, for Dark Victory. So that one would be one I would recommend because they are great. And they are, once again, like I said, you don't have to know five million different things that have happened. Just know that he's Batman and it kind of picks up from there and tells you the rest that you need to know. Okay. Um, Another one that I would recommend that's its own sort of self-contained universe is All-Star Batman. I like that one. That one is, of course, once again, origin story for Robin. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a very gritty version of the Batman, too. It's, um... I like a lot of the All-Star series. Lots of swearing, lots of stuff like that. It's it's, it's a very... Batman feel... Okay, most of the time in Batman stories, he feels that it's his burden to be Batman. Mm -hmm. Like, he he does not take pleasure from it. It is something... It's his burden to rid rid the world of crime. All-Star Batman takes a different angle where he is very happy to be the Batman. 
So it's it's an interesting twist, and um, maybe I'm not a super big fan of it because um, they beat the crap out of Hal Jordan at one point. Oh, how! <laughs> but but the other cool thing is you also get Batman. They wear yellow while they were doing. Yes, it? that that is that that is that <laughs> one. But the other cool okay. thing is you get this inner dialogue of the soci. I think he's more sociopathic in this. To where he's talking about how, as you know, he has the greatest weapon in the world is given to the biggest idiot. And all this stuff about him, he talks, you know, trash talks everyone in the story who he's work working with and stuff like that. So it's interesting. <laughs> so but, it's the Lego Batman angle of Batman. Uh, to the to the <laughs> R-rated extreme. <laughs> right. I was just talking about the way his attitude was in the beginning of the movie. Yes. Yes. That that I would agree with that. Um <laughs> One other, so I'm guessing if you want to go with like a, where should I start reading Batman? If I want to read a continuing one, I guess, sir, if you wanted to go with that. Okay. I would recommend the new 52 Batman written by Scott Snyder with art by Greg Capullo, which starts with, as we have done a review in the past of on our read this, the Court of Owls and the City of Owls storylines. Okay. And they did a phenomenal job with that they of course like i said they do have so good they 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 rewrote a lot of batman's origins Mm -hmm. within the new 52 which i will get to what that is at a later point (laughs) i'll I'll get to that um they rewrote a lot of his origins and stuff to make it more i guess flow better because a lot of these characters their origins sometimes date back to the like golden age of comics where they really haven't been tinkered with so that's why I like some of these to where they go back and sort of change aspects of them. But that one, like I said, they it's the uh, Court of Owls, City of Owls, followed by Death of the Family, which is the Joker basically breaking apart the Bat Family, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Zero Year Secret City, Zero Year Dark City, which is a retelling of Batman's origins and kind of his first year being Batman. Uh, Graveyard Shift, um, not to be too spoiler-y with anything, but... Um, Oh, sorry. I got that mixed up. Uh, Graveyard Shift kind of picks up after that. Endgame is the Joker sort of pulling out all the stops to try to beat Batman. Super Heavy is the one where Jim Gordon becomes Batman. Not going to explain why. You have to read <laughs> for that one. It, it's pretty cool because he has a mechanized bat suit. So it's it's pretty cool. And then um, Bloom and Epilogue are kind of their conclusions to the Scott Snyder Greg Capullo run and Endgame has an awesome fight with the Justice Buster armor, which is the armor that Batman had designed to take on the entire Justice League, and it's a <laughs> awesome fight. He takes on Wonder Woman, the Flash, Aquaman, Superman, um, kind of almost all at once, and it's he he explains as he's doing the battle what he's using to take everyone out. So it's a really cool fight. At the beginning, and I'm not going to explain why they're all fighting him, but it's 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 that that's that's a cool story. So those are my reading recommendations for the Batman. If, okay, if that, awesome. I, I don't know if you had any other questions to follow up with that. No, I mean he he's he's one of those characters where it, I guess it just depends on who's writing him. Like there's Detective Batman, and there's you know gritty Batman, and there's Batman with you know associates and then there's the batman that's in the justice league and sometimes it's hard to consolidate all the batmans into just that one character it it is very very hard i will admit that it's kind of like wolverine except with me and marvel and wolverine it's wolverine across the board because he's basically the same in every comic but batman has 
that whole different side to him, all those different aspects. Well, the ones I picked, I think, do a good job of balancing the, the I guess, detective and the gritty Batman with also having the, I guess, introduction of him, how, how he plays with others, mm-hmm. whether it's a, he plays well with them or confronts them. Because I think, two, yeah, in two of those, he does fight Superman. Two of the ones I mentioned. I'm not mentioning which ones, but he does fight them. They're pretty Yay. good fights. So, with, um, I guess, no decided winner in either of them to an extent. Take that, Toby. <laughs> oh. All right, sir. Which, moving on to your next one. Which, which one would you like to hear about next? Well, I mean, if we're talking about Bat, about Batman, and uh, I, the the most logical for me is either going with Batgirl or the Robins, um, because I, I get them mixed up with uh, Dick and uh, Tim. So that's that's on me though, and not on the Robins, I guess. All right. Ellie, have at that. Well, we'll we'll do Robin. Um, Robin is a a uh, strong love of mine. I've always loved Robin, and kind of piggybacking off of your um, All Star Batman, I love the series All Star Batman and Robin. Actually, yeah, that's I, that's I, that that is the one I was talking. about. Oh, is that about. the one you're yeah, talking about? Yeah. Okay, I thought maybe. Sorry, that was I forgot separate. to add. I forgot to Don't add the Robin on the end. And Robin. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I loved that one a lot. So I would think for um, for Robin that would be. And which which Robin would we be getting introduced to in that one? Oh gosh, see this is the kind of stuff I I am even. It would be on. the Dick Grayson version okay. of Robin. Well, let's let's start out with the most notable Robins. Okay. Because well, one thing I wanted to mention is with some of these characters, we're not going to name. You, you know, in the comic book universe and the alternate There's several people who've taken on these yes, monikers. Yes, exactly. And it may only have been for, like, an issue or mm-hmm. this Earth 2 versus this or that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, mm-hmm. Calm down. I'll get to the crisis <laughs> stuff later. Okay. So, um, if anybody cries and complains, because I didn't say every single last I'll, I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to cover your back. Okay, thanks. Um, so, we have, of course, the first appearance... In the Dick first Grayson. Robin, yes. Yes, Dick Grayson. Um, Boy Wonder. Aww. Uh, and that was all the way back in 1940. He he actually appeared in Detective Comics, which mm-hmm. I love the Batman Detective series. They're really good. I'm assuming the more recent ones are what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't read a lot of the, like, Golden Age, Silver Age. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on those Okay, later. okay. Yeah, see, I'm not as familiar with those. Um... And then we go into Jason Todd. Yes. Now, why did we lose the the Dick Grayson Robin? I don't remember all that stuff, babe. He was basically... D, the The DC writers allowed him to grow up and become Nightwing. So... Oh, yeah, right. Yes, I'm sorry. Because, um, basically, for them, a good, a good, like, starting point for the newer stuff... Is Robin Year One and Nightwing Year One? Yes, those are actually good series. And to those start are both with. origins for the Dick Grayson mm-hmm. version of Robin. And and that's what's so cool about Robin is there's so many characters that have evolved from Robin. Yes, which we will, I'm sure, we'll touch on those. Um, well. Yeah, because you've got Robin and Red Robin, which is really cool looking. Spoiler. <laughs> Batgirl. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Robin, Red Robin. You got red hood 
Um, and then, of course, Nightwing. So all really cool characters. Um, but after Jason Todd, there's Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie Brown. For a very, yes. very, very limited, very short time. But what's interesting about Stephanie Brown is she actually did have her own limited, it was like four or five issues mm-hmm. of just her. So I thought that was kind of cool that they did that. Real quick, I don't mm-hmm. know if you have this noted, but she took over because Tim Drake wasn't allowed to be Robin anymore because his parents actually found out and they forbid, forbid him in the comics <laughs> from being forbid. Robin. So she took over for him. And she he becomes Red Robin. That's later. Yes. Much, much later. But she took over for him, and she used to be the um, hero, her, the heroine spoiler. And she yes. became Red Robin. But I'm sure she will come back up later as well. Um, and, of course, Damien. Well, Tim Drake took back over eventually, yeah. and then Damien, Batman's son, mm-hmm. became the most recent Robin and still current Robin. Yeah, and if you're gonna, if you want a starting point for Damien, um, Batman and Son would be a with series. the newer stuff. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Battle for the Cow. Yes, and the follow up to that with Batman and Robin. Um, David, yep. do you mind if we spoil who wins that Battle for the Cow <laughs> thing? Sure, you can spoil away. All right, it's 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 Dick Grayson. He becomes Batman, and um, Damien becomes his Robin. They have an interesting dynamic, and that stays around for a little bit until... And like I said, I'm not going to try to get too detailed, but that stays around right. for a little bit. Yeah, and that's why happens. I wasn't really going into too much details about all their stuff, because yeah. that's more of a... If we were going to talk about them the whole episode. Yeah. Um, but, but Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake... And Damien, with a little touch of Stephanie Brown, uh, those are the main Robins yes. over the years. When you when you think of Robin, um, and if I may, real quick, yeah, Dick Grayson Robin became Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Jason Todd Robin through events became the Red Hood, right? Which we mentioned. Which we mentioned. Um, Tim Drake through events became Red Robin, right? And Stephanie Brown through events became. Someone we will talk about later. Yes, I do have that. <laughs> um, so I would say, like I said, for um, for Dick Grayson, definitely uh, Robin Year One and Nightwing mm-hmm. Year One. Definitely a good starting point if you want to get more into the origins of the original yes. Robin. Um, Jason Todd, I think a good one to read not necessarily an origin, but just a, I thought it was a really good story, was A Death in the Family. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Also, I would recommend um, Under the Red Hood mm-hmm. would be another one to, to do for his Red Hood origin. Um, Stephanie Brown has that short little series. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool, and that kind of is her origin story for her. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, Damian Wayne, you've got Battle for the Cow and Batman and Son, both both pretty good series to and read. he is the current robin mm-hmm. for the most part so if you're reading current stuff he's in that of course um tim drake red robin as well is um was involved with the teen titans with the new 52 yes prior okay. to the rebirth which like i said he, it gets really convoluted i'm yes. not trying to dive too deep i'm i'm, I'm trying That's to a, i'm see, trying to swim on see, in, David, in the shallow end right let's now people just, just explain to david and the listeners that i am trying <laughs> 
to just give you some some places to start with, not to confuse you with too many details. I just wanted to give time. give the which which robins turned into which people. Okay. Just just so people just so there's distinguishing. Oh, all right. And then yeah. what I have to mention too, of course, just very quickly and briefly, is from also from New Fifty Two mm-hmm. is um Helena Wayne. Yes. She super cool looking. I love her costume. She is the Robin from Earth Two. Mm-hmm. Yep. And her and Power Girl, the Supergirl from Earth Two, get dumped on Earth due to events that I'll probably touch on later, and become Huntress and Power Girl. Well, in case nobody knows, mm-hmm. that is the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. Yes, from Earth Two. From yes, Earth from 2. Earth Two. Um, and yes, and eventually she does become Huntress. Yes. Um, so that is really cool. Which is a different origin from her original. Okay. And I, I, I'm not going to get into that one. It's really <laughs> convoluted, and I don't have five minutes of time. You keep saying you're not getting into stuff. But no, this one I'm not. <laughs> I'm not getting into Huntress's one because it's really confusing even for me to explain well, to myself. we got to reel you in a little bit. But I have a couple more things I want oh, to say really quick. I think David had a question. Oh, though. I'm sorry. Gosh, I, David, I do go. have a question. Go. Um, I keep hearing that one of these uh, Robins is either Dick Grayson or Tim Drake is like the the ultimate detective, like even better than Batman. And that I would didn't be know Tim Drake. And why? Like why why is he considered better than Batman as far as like the detective side of things? Or is it only the detective side, or is it everything? It's mostly the detective side that, that he has a better detective and logical mind than Batman does. He basically figured out who Batman was proceeded to find batman and tell him you need a robin because this was after the death of jason todd was like hey you need a robin i can be your robin and basically that 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 was one thing that was very impressive is that he figured out who batman was from just clues and stuff like that and like i said i just i just thought that was cool and he's always been a very good robin at being a good leader being a good um not i i think Dick uh, Grayson averages out a little bit better in the leadership mm-hmm. and probably fighting prowess, but as for figuring out and solving stuff, he is supposed to be the superior one to all of them and possibly can even surpass Batman himself one day. Okay. Well, I mean, and I wanted to say Tim Drake is my favorite. You're, okay, you, you go with Tim Drake as Robin? As as Robin, we're okay. not talking about Nightwing. Well, <laughs> so that's a whole different story. But I I go with Tim Drake yeah, as well. I, I, like- I feel that that Dick Grayson was a great Robin, but I feel he brought more of into his own when he became Nightwing. Nightwing. Oh, yes. definitely. Yeah. Yes. So if we're going to talk about Nightwing, that's a whole different story. Well, but, there's only one technically. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I love Tim Drake as Robin, and um, I'm a costume freak, mm-hmm. and I think he has. Some of the coolest costumes. It's simple. It's simple. Well, the, his the red Nightwing. robin. Oh, I thought you meant um, Nightwing. No, no, no. Um, back to Tim Drake and, and Red Robin. Yeah. Um, I love his. Uh, I actually have a picture of it, so I can show you in oh. case you weren't sure. Sorry, I wish I could show this to you, David. Um, but oh, the Teen I Titans one, the one love, where he has the oh my god, he has the wings yes. built into it. It is it is so cool. I love the color schemes. I love the wings built yeah. into it. I just it's one of my favorites. Um, and I'm a Team Titans. Like I can't. I could talk for days about Teen Titans. But. By the way, just to point this out, David, <laughs> you did ask us about Teen Titans, but we're gonna save that. Yes. I could do Teen Titans all day, and that's why we're saving it. 
<laughs> you wouldn't sure be able to stop me from talking about Teen Titans. So, so, so look forward to, to us discussing Teen Titans at some <laughs> other point. I love them. Um, but so, yeah. I, so, like I said, I just, I just wanted to say Tim Drake definitely would be my favorite. He's, he's pretty awesome um, as a, as Robin. But uh, yeah, there's some great. Definitely start with Robin Year One. Let's start with that first. Yes, um, Robin Year One for the origins of, of yes. course, Dick Grayson. Yes. Uh, they are also featured in the New 52 run by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Mm-hmm. Um, all the Robins are actually that we have mentioned are featured in there at some points, um, kind of assisting Batman, and you kind of get to see what they're up to. They're not too in the forefront, but you get to see what's going on with them. Right. Okay. I mean, Teen Titans, you get a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yes, but we'll stop. I, I keep going back to Teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. But go ahead. Well, I guess with... If we're going off of the Robins, Batgirl's the next logical one. I, And I know, you know, animated series and some of the stuff in the animated movies, I know Barbara Gordon, and I know she's Batgirl, and she eventually becomes Oracle. Mm-hmm. But now I've seen, like, again, I talk to a lot of people that do cosplay, and I see the new purple outfit, and I really love the purple outfit. I just don't know who that is in the purple outfit. I don't know if it's Barbara Gordon or a different person as Batgirl. All right, Nellie. You were the one. I, he, he keeps hitting on ones you've, you've done the research for. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, so Batgirl is, of course, another one. They've had multiple people mm-hmm. have um, become the Batgirl. Uh, gosh. The, the first... The first Batgirl was was um, Stephanie. No, wait a minute. No, um, Betty Betty Kane. I keep forgetting. She yeah, this is going one. golden age. By yes, the way. so okay. that's yeah. This is this is not relevant <laughs> at all in anything you probably be reading. Today. I'm just saying the name just to say that she was. Um, you you are correct though. Yes, you're. you're you are st- technically correct. <laughs> the best kind of correct. <laughs> the starter Batgirl is is Betty Kane. Um, and like Zinger mentioned, uh, Golden Age. Um, and at pre-crisis later, she comes Hawkfire. I'm not familiar with that character, though, so I... <sighs> that's me going through my inventory of yeah, knowledge. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know <laughs> her very much, um, but yes. So that's your, um, Betty Kane. We're gonna s- start with her. Um... And then there's been multiple. You've got Stephanie Brown, which... We have we, mentioned earlier as we, a Robin. Yep, first female Robin. Um, in, in, in the regular continuity, we do know that there's the Dark Knight Returns. But main continuity, people. Yes, main. Well, yeah, like I said, it's comic books, unfortunately. <laughs> there's so many different directions of the timeline that you can go. Um, you have Cassandra Kane. Yes, that, that one's one of my favorites, mm-hmm. kind of. Um. And uh, she she's one that is um, ends up becoming Black Bat, which is another one I'm not as familiar with. Um, but she does become. It seems like a lot of these Batgirls don't like to stay Batgirl. Stay at Batgirl. They like to go somewhere else. Um, Helena Bertinelli. That's from the No Man's Land storyline. Oh. Um, she actually was a Batgirl and, um, by Batman, Mm -hmm. she, um, she did not listen to his code of extreme violence. Um, so he took it away from her. So that's why she was no longer 
Batgirl, and she actually um, ends up doing becoming the Huntress at some point. So okay. that's the other origin. That's the other Huntress yeah, origin. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's and different once again, ones. there's more behind that. I'm, you know, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and going along with the the whole year one theme, Batgirl year one is actually and that covers one you haven't mentioned yet. Yes, um, Barbara Gordon, which is I think the most recognizable one. Yes, she's my fave. All right. Um, and it's really sad. I I loved the Birds of Prey TV series. It, the poor thing didn't last very long. And, and I know a lot of people didn't like it. Um, but I kind of liked it because she was actually Oracle in that series um, versus Batgirl. But what's really cool, I love from Barbara Gordon being Batgirl. And then eventually there's that wonderful series, Killing Joke. That was a great... I love that story. It's dark, but... Yes, that's how she um, becomes Oracle. Correct. Kind um, of. <laughs> but it is it is a really, really good one. If you want to get to know a little bit more about, you know, her going from Batgirl to Oracle. Uh, she's, mm-hmm. she's so smart. She's incredibly smart. And it was, I liked the way that when she couldn't be Batgirl anymore, um... She didn't let that stop her from trying to help out the team and, and still contribute to the to the Bat family. Um, mm-hmm. And I just I just loved the whole name Oracle. I just I think Barbara Gordon is really awesome. I can't stress enough with her. But Batgirl Year One is really cool. It's kind of the early adventures of her. Um, it has Black Canary and Green Arrow, so that's that's cool too. It was nice to see them as guests. Um, as far as that is concerned. I I don't know. Do you have like is there a certain one that you were you were talking about Cassandra Kane? You were saying oh, I just, how like I just liked her outfit that she like, oh, I had thought the maybe like you liked... her mask was like it's she it looks like it was everything on her was stitched together and she was very silent. Um very Well she definitely I think has the um the scariest yeah. looking Batgirl costume. Now, speaking of costumes, I'm gonna Screen share David, by the way, great podcasting oh, okay. stuff real quick. But since he asked which, I want to know, are they referring to this one, sir? Uh, or this n- one? No, I'm talking like actual purple. He's like talking purple about, with yellow. I'm pretty sure he's talking about, this like, is the newest uh, one. So uh, That one this right one. there. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's that one right okay, there. Okay, cool. I just wanted yep. to make sure that we were touching on the right one because the Stephanie Brown version of Batgirl has purple accents to it. The first version of Bat Batgirl when Well, it's very little purple accents. The I mean, um Oh, Cassandra I'm sorry, I was thinking about Cassandra Kane. I wanted to go back to her costume. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure we were touching on which was, one David was asking. Uh, yeah, I, I I I was pretty confident which one he was talking about. I was sure too. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. But the um Cassandra Kane I love this costume because it's it is literally all black except for her utility belt is yellow and then she's got the yellow lining just around the bat symbol on her chest and a very different feature other than all the other ones is her cowl is completely there's one other one but 
Um, pretty much, except, you know, all the other ones, her cowl is completely over her face. Like, it completely covers her entire face. And it, it almost has, like, a weird stitching, like, where the mouth is. Mm-hmm. It's just really, it's... There you go, sir. It's okay. really freaky looking. Um, I, I just think it's it's neat, but it's it's definitely... It's definitely different. I, I, I like, I mean, that that's kind of when I started getting into comics. She okay. was the Batgirl then. Okay. So that's why I was more a little bit more familiar with her. And I have to mention, if there are any listeners that have little girls, mm-hmm. um, or if you just happen to be a listener that is younger, um, the, the DC Superheroes TV animated show? series yeah. is phenomenal. And I, I can't. I could talk about, I could do a whole episode of how just adorable this is. Um, and it's, of course, a little cheesy because it's, it's one of those meant to life lessons and we're all, the villains and the heroes are all together in this school and, mm-hmm. y- you know, they all learn lessons and, you know, they get together. It's, it's really cute, but the costume that Batgirl wears in that series is super adorable. Um it's like got the little it's, like it's a it's a hoodie. Yeah, it's so cute, and um, I just I like the way it's it's similar enough to the newest version because it's obvious that yeah. they they piggybacked it off of what the current Batgirl looks like. See, why don't I just pull up that? I know, you, you, right? You got a much better image Thank than you. I did, where it I just shows it. all the different outfits. It's great. It's I highly recommend if anybody. Um, was wanting to see like just a diagram of how it's changed over the years, the evolution of the Batgirl costumes, but it's it's really cute. So if if you want um, a good recommendation for younger, and I mean young girls, yeah. you know, like six, you know, six to twelve, mm-hmm. um, it's a really cute show, and it actually has a lot more characters in it from the DC world than you would think. Yes, <laughs> I was surprised because there are even some that I'm like. It doesn't have just the the main, you know, Batgirl, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, like Super the normal. Girl. Yeah, they have a lot of obscure ones too. They have Granny Goodness, <laughs> which I'm not even going to reference. <laughs> yeah, who don't that even is or what the thing is. Yeah, with we it. can't just don't even go into that right now. But it's it's a really <laughs> good series. If if anybody younger, and I don't mean I'm sorry, I don't mean to say just girls. They they have anybody. Yeah, they have male characters in there too. So it's it's really for the younger age that wants to kind of jump into the DC universe and, and learn who some of the characters are and that sort of thing. It's a really cute series for that. So I didn't mean to off. <laughs> so long story <laughs> short for rails. you, David, the one that they're <laughs> referring to is probably Barbara Gordon. Okay. She, um, due to the incident within the killing joke, which was originally supposed to just be a one-off story mm-hmm. where the Joker puts a bullet in her and severs her spine. Um, sorry, spoiler alert. Right. Right. <laughs> um, she becomes Oracle through that, but then with the events of Flashpoint into the New 52, she it is revealed in that run, the New 52 run, that she's taking like a supplement or something that's helping her be able to be Batgirl again. Right. So with, of course, them doing the rebirth, she is still Batgirl. And like, like I said, I liked her as Oracle personally. I, like yes. I said, that's, that's when I was reading it, and I think that she was a very... They took and made her a very strong character, in my opinion, mm-hmm. by, by continuing her to... She, she wanted to continue crime fighting no matter what. Well, in Batman and Oracle were the reason that Cassandra got into being Batgirl. Correct. So, um, th- that was, you know, that's pretty cool, too. Um, 
Very interesting history with the bat, yeah. bat, bat family. The bat family. Um, so I would say, yeah, definitely, um, you know, Batgirl year one would be a good one. Killing joke to an extent. If you want to go more into, yeah, what happened with Barbara moving into Oracle, definitely do Killing Joke. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Helena Bertinelli, uh, No Man's Land storyline. Hush also features... Mm-hmm. Um, Huntress and um, Oracle in it too, so they're they're in there, not drastically a lot, but they're in there for a portion, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and also, I mean, if you're looking for some vampire Batgirl, oh. um, there was uh, Elseworld. Ah, oh. so. <laughs> hey, I, we're, we're trying to stick to main content. Oh, sorry, here. sorry, I got excited. <laughs> sorry, don't don't check out that first. Do that later. <laughs> But yeah, Bad Girl's awesome. I love her. But yes, you're right. The new costume definitely is. It's it's pretty cool. I um I I do like that one a lot. I think my most favorite is from the post Infinite Crisis though. I do. I'll show you, Justin. Oh, that one's the Stephanie Brown one. Yes. Yeah. I like that one. The one where it has the purple accents going up the the up sides, and, yeah, and then the underneath sides. the cape is yep. purple. Yeah. Yep. So I do like that one. That was one of my favorites. Yep. Yep. Hopefully that answered your questions, or or got got you, sir, started on the path of where to go with Batgirl. It does indeed. Yay! We're doing good. We're we we are. <laughs> now there's a a villain in the Bat world that I kind of like. I know who she is, and obviously I saw her in whatever movie it was, Batman and Robin. I don't know. Yeah, that's um, a great representation of her. Yeah. and But I, I like her as a character, and in, in my Twitter-verse dealings, I came across this really cool uh, fan group that really, like, you know, they push for her to get, like, a comic series or push for her to be more of, like, just a bad girl villain they want her to be included more as like an anti-hero type character or someone that has a way with her and that's really poison ivy and i i agree with a lot of what they post about because i see her as a character that can do good or a character that should have maybe her own run of issues instead of maybe you know other characters that get comic books but I'd like to know what your thoughts are as far as, because I know her as a character, but why do you feel that maybe she doesn't get as much love as a, as a character in the DC universe? Ooh. Do we mention the name of the character yet? Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. Okay, I, I didn't, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I was like, did, wait, did he say the name or not I, yet? <laughs> I, think, I, think I, I think I name dropped the name. but Okay, yes. okay, well just to be sure, just yes. to be sure we've put that in there. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, I love Poison Ivy, and and I'm gonna mention I I cannot stress enough to read the series Gotham City Sirens. It's about the closest thing you're gonna get to having her. Yes. As a main character in the in a series. Well, it, as of right now, she shares the love um, with Harley and Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's Isn't a, there supposed to be a movie coming out. Well, they've they've hinted at a movie. Okay, I don't know if sorry. anything's been more definite or not. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll lean back and wait. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Um, and she's one that's gotten started a little bit later. She's mm-hmm. not till about 1966. 
So a lot of these other ones were in the 40s, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, so Poison Ivy definitely got a later start. Um, she's very intriguing. She's very smart, obviously. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. She was, you know, had a PhD in Doctor. botany. Doctor. Yes. Dr. Pamela. Yes. Um, so she's... I, I like the characters when they portray them, um, you know, strong intelligent female characters um and i definitely would say she's more of a anti you know anti-hero more than i would it it depends on the series goals are more for she wants the earth to basically she's an eco-terrorist yeah i mean her main goal is more about you know protecting the earth and plants and you know that sort of thing she really could be not that concerned. I mean, she really doesn't care sometimes when you have all these people fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And she's like, eh, it's, it's whatever. And, and she has a very maternal side, too, which is great. Obviously, you see it with plants. Yes. But there are some storylines where she actually um, takes in these orphans. Oh. Um, I, it was a bunch of them. I can't remember. 15, 20. Um, and and so it's it's really cool because she definitely like i said she's she's more concerned about just kind of doing her own thing and and doing what she needs to do i think that's why sometimes she's kind of she's definitely more of a supporting role it seems like in series than to have mm-hmm. her own um I think she could definitely hold her own. Oh, I definitely though. think she could. Yeah, I'm not saying that she couldn't. And it's interesting how they play her in Gotham. Yes. Um, also, she's very interestingly played. If we want to, I know we're we're steering a little bit away from from the comics here mm-hmm. for you, but but we're trying to give people some other stuff. Um, the Arkham series. Yeah. She has a very interesting oh, yeah. arc in that, and she's in. I believe she's actually in every one of them. Is she? Oh, she's See, also I haven't again. Played she's also in Injustice too. Okay, yeah, I haven't... Injustice 2 as in T-O-O, but also the second game, too. So, I... I think she's... I think she's great just just because, you know, she has a, a goal. She likes to stick to it. She doesn't seem to get too distracted like a lot of mm-hmm. other characters do with the nonsense of the... the <laughs> test of who's the stronger character and that sort of thing. Um... So I like her a lot, but and and she's been a part of a lot of different teams. Yes. Um, Birds of Prey, she's been part of them. Injustice Gang, Injustice League, Secret Society of Supervillains, Suicide Squad, uh, the Gotham City Sirens that I was talking about. So she's she's been part of a lot of really different groups. Um, so that's why I think. She kind of gets on the back burner sometimes. Yeah. Because she's always kind of in a group setting versus her own. But um, her powers are really interesting, too, just, just because I think her extreme intelligence clearly helps her. You know, but her mind control with the pheromones, she has immunity to toxins, which is... That's oh. pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, and... There's a whole nother thing, which we won't really get into in too much detail, but she eventually um, becomes one with the green. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm with not going to get into that. I, and that's why I said it's, I, it's a lot. 
It's a whole other thing. But it has to do with Swamp Thing. has to do with a lot of other stuff. Well, and eventually she comes becomes so powerful with the green that she rivals Swamp Thing when mm-hmm. it comes to all that. Um, to dumb it down as much as possible or simplify it, it's basically the green is a mystical Guardian realm. Guardian of Earth. Yeah, and basically. they have this parliament of trees. <laughs> I, here, I, I got a perfect way, and David will probably appreciate this. She's Captain Planet for the Earth. There you go. So, yes, that works. Um, it sounds cooler to say it's part of a mystical realm, though. I'm just, I'm yes. just saying. Um, so there's so many sides to her that's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her a lot, and she has a mini, her own miniseries. Um, it's called Poison Ivy Cycle of Life and Death. So that one is pretty cool to check out. Um, I would think. say probably Gotham City Sirens yeah. if you want a reading recommendation. Yeah, to check I mean out that, that, that those, yeah, that's what I mentioned yeah. in the beginning. Um, it's it's really cool because it it's almost like um, like a dorm setting almost because yeah. they they're it's kind of just they're behind the scenes of them living together and you know being friends and and there's some some cat fights going on in between and so it's they're not always nice and happy with each other um but it's it definitely gives you a a much better insight to delve into her a little bit more and kind of know what makes her tick and and all that Mm -hmm. so she's she's really cool um and i wanted to ask you do you prefer her as green skin or more natural because there's some versions of her where she's like green yeah like her skin not just tights but her skin is green and then there's other renditions of her where she is has her natural skin but yeah, natural yeah. skin tone is there a preferred uh for me for it, her? It, it doesn't matter to me i think as far as like i get the good story i don't care how the artist draws them as i i wish that there would be more consistency like Instead of them going back and forth with oh, her, oh yeah, though. and they definitely do. <laughs> it depends. Some some stories they keep her one way, but it it can flip flop. I know. I I mean, if my honest favorite of her is when she is the light green skin, mm-hmm. and she literally has no clothes on. It's nothing but but plants. Just the plants, just leaves appropriately stuff. placed. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, no no areas not being shown, but I feel like that's that's more her. Yeah, more because nat- she's one with earth. And, yeah, exactly. She's all natural. She's one with the earth. Um, I like I like the images where um, where she actually has vines, like and stuff the vines on, yeah. on her arms, and so that that's my f- I like that look of her. Just that just bright, vibrant red hair, and then you know all the the natural leaves and stuff i think it's really cool i know some people are off put with it a little bit they think it's a little too a little too racy but i think that fits her yes i think that fits her the best so but yeah she's awesome fair enough okay well i the last one that i that we have on our list is going into space which uh on the marvel side of things i love the space stories and i love the nova Corps and richard Ryder and you guys both talk about uh, Green Lantern a lot, and I know that there's a lot of colors. And are they is green is the Green Lantern core like the Nova core of the Marvel universe? And what's up with all the colors? Because 
I, I don't know. I know that some are good and some are not so good, maybe. I, All right. Out. I thought we were going to end with this one. I thought you were going to do the crisis stuff, but I guess we could end with that. All right. You have given me the opportunity, David, to do something I have been waiting a long time to have an excuse to do, and that is talk about Green Lantern freely. So for that, I thank you. For our listeners, I'll keep it short and sweet. I, w- I swear to you guys, I will do a legendarium on this one day. You have my word. If there is one thing I love, it is Green Lantern. Jeff Johns run on it. It was phenomenal. It, it redefined that character. And you're asking about all the different colors. He's the one that introduced the, what, would be re- what is referred to as the emotional spectrum. And basically, so I'm going to touch on Green Lantern first. You, you asked if they're like the Nova Corps. The Nova Corps is sort of the police of the mm-hmm. Marvel Universe in, in the, the space sectors. Not joking. Green Lanterns are the police of the DC space sectors. And there's over 3,000 sectors in the universe, with Oa being their home base, which is at the center of the universe. And they are led by a group of basically the elders of the universe called the guardians who kind of took the emotional spectrum and used willpower and the ability to overcome fear to power their rings now a green lantern ring has to be charged with the oath and stuff like that from the batteries some of them have a little bit of tweaking to them to where they don't need to be but i'm like i said i'm trying to keep this short and sweet people um but you have different sectors and there are several from earth and the way they get around that is some of them, um, one of them doesn't technically have a Green Lantern ring from this Earth, and other ones are assigned like being the Honor Guard, or they're on Oa most of the time, so that's how they get bypassed, because each sector is supposed to have two Green Lanterns. Okay. And somehow Earth has um, one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six right now. So, Yeah. And I might might be off on that, by the way, by a little bit. Um, but no, so basically they're space cops. They are given one of the most powerful weapons in the universe. A Green Lantern ring is the only limitation to that ring is the wielder, which I think is an amazing concept. And I think it's also super awesome that, that they do that, 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 they've, that they use that. But if you want to read a recommendation from me, I go with Jeff Johns. Because that okay. gets, that 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 gets you through the rebirth of um, the, what the greatest Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, who is the first Green Alan Scott's the first Green Lantern on Earth, but with the Silver Age, we were introduced to Hal Jordan, which is the space sectors and all that stuff, and he uh, gonna try to do this in in a Ellie. Can you put one minute on the clock? Oh, no. All right. <laughs> basically, during an event in the early 90s, he he basically, it's called Emerald Twilight, he went and basically killed the entire Green Lantern Corps and became the supervillain known as Parallax because Mongol and Cyborg Superman blew up his home city of Coast City. Uh, since that happened, he, he basically absorbed all the Green Lantern energy except for one ring and became the supervillain Parallax and basically fought the DC Universe. In the end, he came to... Um, I guess realized the 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 era of his ways during zero hour, helping to reignite the sun, and basically died. I I got through it all. 
Good job. Now go to Rebirth. He is current the current host for the Wrath of God, which is the Spectre. I'm not going to get into that character. I basically summed it up there. But he gets reborn through events, which I'm, like I said, confusing. But it's revealed that Parallax is actually an ancient entity that took over Hal Jordan because he experienced fear. So that's where Rebirth starts with Jeff John's run. After that, it just kind of goes through Jeff John's building up this whole rebuilding the Green Lantern mythos and the universe's mythos and introducing us to, of course, tons of different Green Lanterns as well as, and you asked about different ones, and they, they're, they're once again, they're, it's an emotional spectrum, so each of them are powered by different emotions. Green Lanterns are ones who have great willpower and are able to overcome fear. That's how you get chosen. Well, Red Lanterns are chosen by your ability to, your ability to show great rage or anger. And basically, the one for Earth is a cat. And I'm not going <laughs> to get into the... It, it's it's Daxstar. I'm not going to get into his backstory because it's really... It's it's honestly sad. Like, it, it's sad to read, but it's it, it's 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 a cat that basically wears the ring on its tail. And it's that that's, that's the one from Earth Sector. And they're basically led by Atrocitus to an extent. I'm not going to... There's stuff that happens to where they switch off leaders, but during the Jeff Johns run, for the most part, it was Atrocitus, who basically has a huge beef with the Guardians of the Galaxy because before the Green Lanterns, the Guardians of the Galaxy decided to try out these robots, sentient robots called the Manhunters, and they basically executed almost everyone in Space Sector 666, except for Atrocitus and a handful of people, and he harbored... A lot of anger and rage towards them. So he was able to basically form the Red Lantern Corps because of that rage and hate. Um, next one. I, actually, I should have done this one next. So the greatest Green Lantern prior to Hal Jordan was Sinestro. And he is part of the Sinestro Corps or the Yellow Lantern Corps, which are powered by fear. You have ability to um, instill great fear. You are part of the Yellow Lantern Corps is how you get chosen for that. And you're familiar with Magneto, correct? Yep. Yep. I say that Sinestro is the Magneto. Him and Magneto have the same exact drive, in my opinion. And not to get too deep into this, but Magneto, all Magneto technically wants is for mutants to be able to be free and, and not persecuted. Correct? Yep. I mean, I mean but, but he goes about it in the wrong way by basically trying to kill all humans. Or trying to, you know, wipe out all humans and fight with them. Sinestro is the same way. He wants order in the galaxy, or in the universe, but the way he's doing it is he's trying to rule through fear, which is not allowing it to happen the way it should. So that he, he's an interesting character, and he's a great villain for Hal Jordan, as well as other Green Lanterns have had to have him as the villain. And he's also become a Green Lantern back and forth from time to time, too. So, he, he's, he's a great villain. I really enjoy him as the counterpart to Hal. Um, moving on, there's the Orange Lantern, which is the um, which is powered by basically avarice or greed. And there's only one of them. Because basically, there's only one ring. And there are other ones, but there's a constructs they're able to create. Because he basically killed everyone else, so he could be the only one with the ring. So that's interesting. And by the way, I'll get to the the um, issues you need to read for this 
And okay. Hal basically became each of these at some point during the run. Like, he put on one of the rings or had one of the rings at some point. The next one is Blue Lanterns, who are Hope, and they were created after the events of the Sinestro Corps Wars. Basically, two Guardians kind of were like, hey, we're going to go off and create a new Lantern Corps, and they decided to bring, try to bring Hope to the galaxy. Or, sorry, I keep saying galaxy. I mean universe. Universe. And they... They basically are ones who who can instill great great hope. Um, they also are able to sort of supercharge Green Lanterns when they're in the proximity of them, and they're the only ones that can cure you of having a Red Lantern ring on. Because when you put on a Red Lantern ring, it basically that becomes your heart, and you can't remove the ring without it killing you. But a Blue Lantern can purify you to take it off. Sounds like I'm like describing a D and D game here of like, oh well you well if you have this then you can do this and this and but that's the way it works. It's like I said, he wrote this very a very interesting and very definitely loopholing into everything way. Um we have the Violet Lanterns or the Star Sapphires who are powered by love. And they Star Sapphire's been around for a little bit. Um She's been. She was somebody that was around during the Silver Age and stuff like that, and it was just this like thing that possessed different people, and they kind of turned it. Once the rings were around, Jeff Johns went back, redid that, and that's kind of how we got that. There's also the Indigo Tribe, which are powered by compassion and can sort of channel other Lantern cores to an extent. And then the final two are, of course, the Black Lanterns, which are Death, and the White Lanterns, which are Light. And there's. Only one White Lantern as well, and as for the Black Lanterns, those are those are what kind of black Blackest Night leads towards, where that's the DC zombies to an extent. Okay. Um, do you have any questions, sir, before I get into my reading recommendations for this? Uh, is Jon Stewart in any of the comics, or was he strictly the animated version okay. of the Green Lantern? The Earth Green Lanterns are, of course, you got Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner... John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, and then the newer two are Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Jessica Cruz's ring is actually from Earth 2, and it's kind of corrupts its individual, but she's been learning to overcome it. Um, but yes, John Stewart is one of the honored honor guards of the Green Lantern Corps, and he is more or less involved in and there's when, when when I was big into Green Lantern, when I was reading the Jeff Johns run, he kind of flip-flopped between the Green Lantern Corps stories, which paralleled the Green Lantern stories. Okay. And he kind of was a little bit in both because the main Green Lantern more focused on Hal. But yes, he is around and he is a very interesting character. He's very much like his portrayal in, of course, the TV show. Okay. Of that. He's military, very, um, very part of honor and everything like that. So. I, I, I like the character, but personally, I, I, I kind of got to go with how Jordan is one of my more favorites. Yeah, I only know, you know, Jon Stewart based on the, the animated show. I don't know anybody else. I, I really didn't either until I got into the comics and kind of learned about the other ones. I mean, they, they've all had their great moments, and they all are kind of involved in the, like I said, the stories I'm going to recommend to you. But if you wanted to do that, I would recommend the fourth volume of the Green Lantern run, which is the one that Jeff Johns did. And that started with, of course, as I said, Rebirth. The next one in that series is called No Fear. Revenge of the Green Lanterns, Wanted, Hal Jordan, followed by 
the Sinestro Core War Volumes 1 and 2, which the Sinestro Core War is awesome. And it has a huge twist at the end where the bad guys sort of win by losing, if that makes it, it make it it's it's a great twist. I'm not I'm not gonna spoil it here. Next one is Rage of the Red Lanterns, where Hal gets a red lantern ring. Secret Origins goes back and kind of retells the origins of Hal Jordan. And also kind of retcons some stuff. And you have Agent Orange, where he is um of course meets the the um Orange Lantern and Blackest Night, which is of course a big event in the DC world where everybody who died kind of came back. And it also kind of retroactively explains how people in the comics keep on coming back to life. Okay. That's of course followed by Green Lantern Brightest Day, War of the Green Lanterns, then we move into Green Lantern Volume 5 where you have Sinestro, Revenge of the Black Hand, and The End. And that's Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern, which I highly recommend. If you want, because it's very self-contained too, so it's not like I mean, Sinestro Core. You kind of it, it if you buy the graphic novels, it gives you everything you need. There are a few other stories you can pick up that are like tales from it. You mm-hmm. don't need it for the main story though. Well, that works. So that that would be my recommendation. Like I said, the the emotional spectrum. I didn't get into the entities that that exist because each um. Core has their own sort of avatar that can be um, put into somebody, or somebody can have that inside of them and can basically they become like a super version of that core. Uh, okay. Parallax, for example, is the Yellow Lantern's one, and the Ion is Green Lantern's version of that. So that's and Kyle Rayner, who's one of the Earth Green Lanterns, um, was the Ion for a good chunk of time too. But yeah, so that's, I mean, I, I, I tried to keep that short and simple for everybody. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's, that's the Green Lanterns. Like I said, I love, I love that run. Um, I know there's other stuff that's been written and been done, but personally for me, that run, hands down, amazing. Awesome. And whatever you want to talk about next, uh, as far as the... The DC stuff. All right, so you are. And I, originally, I wanted this to just be a little side note thing, to where I was gonna be like, "Oh, by the way, there's this stuff." But as I was doing my research, I I didn't go down a complete rabbit hole, but I knew it wasn't gonna be it wasn't gonna be that easy. So you asked about you know the reboots, resets, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, something that drives DCs. And as you've probably heard, and you listeners have heard through our discussions, what drives a lot of DC Comics is continuity, is the older stuff, is what built up to kind of move all these stories forward. Well, DC has, on numerous occasions, did soft reboots or giant retcons, and the giant ones are called Crisis. And I'm going to try to make this very simple and mind you, if you have read or know about the crisis stuff, I'm trying to keep this simple as I can. So the first big one was in 1986, and that was Crisis on Infinite Earth. Mm-hmm. What that basically did was, one, it killed off Barry Allen and um, Kara Zor-El, the original Supergirl, and kind of retconned almost. Because at this point in DC Comics, they had all of this 
you know, all the Golden Age, all the Silver Age stuff, all of that was part of continuity, and it was just making things really hard to write for. Because right. you had a Superman that was basically could sneeze and wipe out part of the galaxy and could pull planets no problem. And it's just kind of like, oh, whatever powers he needed, he, he got that day. So you had people like that. You had this convoluted stuff with um, everyone's origins were getting retold and there wasn't really a 100% here's the origin for this character. You had the stuff from like, why is there two Green Lanterns? Why is there two Flashes? Well, what this attempted to do was... Mm, basically explained that there was the, the the crisis was crisis on infinite earth was explained there was multiple earths but then there was only going to be one earth due to events with the anti-monitor long story short people died continuities got redone and it was it made it a lot simpler for people to pick up and not have to know oh here's the entire you know you have to read the past 50 years of superman it's like nope here's his new origins here's what we're going with you can read from this point on and not have to know all the other stuff. Well, as I mentioned earlier, there was the Zero Hour event, which I'm going to kind of skip over. But the next one, and this one is one that I enjoy a lot, is Infinite Crisis, which took place around 2005 to 2006, which was a follow-up to the Crisis on Infinite Earth. Mm -hmm. And that one is very interesting because it kind of set because crisis on infinite earth kind of said oh there's only one earth now instead of saying there's multiple earths and all these stories are taking place it kind of made everything nope one earth one earth there's elseworld stories but they don't mess with this earth okay so then what this did was show nope the multiverse still exists and the original superman and superboy are not very happy about it and basically broke reality to put themselves back in and tried to they, they basically broke reality because comics were getting too quote unquote dark. Like um, the, the storylines were getting too dark, you know, stuff like that. So the, the storyline went that they were trying, they wanted to bring back the golden age of comics. And these were the like ridiculously overpowered Superman and Superboy from the original golden age that basically came and kind of all the earth sort of started colliding together again. And like I said, that, that one I love because it introduced us to Superboy Prime, who, in my opinion, is a great supervillain who also comes back, of course, for the Sinestro Core stuff. But yeah, so that's that's kind of that, and that also kind of retconned a lot of stuff and kind of redid the continuity once again. Well, after that, you got Final Crisis, which killed off Batman and Martian Manhunter, which, in my opinion, led... Now, this isn't a crisis, but I count it. Blackest Night. And the reason I count Blackest Night is because it involves a character named Necron who points out that he's always left the door from the afterlife open so that he can seed the world with all these people for when the Blackest Night comes, they can become part of his army because he can basically summon back up the dead. <laughs> so that's why all these heroes keep coming back is because he's letting them so he has a built-in army later. And that, that of course, did a slight retcon of bringing back people who've been dead, killing off characters that they didn't have stories for. So it did a lot of stuff with that. But the next and most major one that we've brought up several times already is the Flashpoint. Mm -hmm. Which is... Okay, out of all of these, don't read Crisis on Infinite Earth, don't read Infinite Crisis, don't read Final Crisis, because they're so continuity-heavy that it's really hard to get into them and understand them. Like, everything that's going on. Okay. I would recommend to read Flashpoint. 
because Flashpoint is a very self-contained story in itself. And since basically the summation is Barry Allen tries to fix the fact that, and of course, as you know, through um, watching Arrow and watching The Flash, he, of course, tries to go back and fix his parent, his mother's murder. Mm-hmm. And he thinks, oh, if I just fix this one thing, well, ripple effect. And after he tried to repair it, that's how he got the new 52. And, of course, after the new 52 came DC Rebirth. And now we're at the point now where I'm going to kind of say, I'm not going to explain too much with this because it's currently going on. But the Watchmen are involved now, and that sort of has something to do with them kind of meddling with what's been going on in the DC Universe for the couple for a good chunk of time and everyone from the DC universe is also sort of missing five years of their life too. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting, but it's a developing thing. So I don't want to touch on it too much, but basically what happened with rebirth is they brought back Superman from pre flashpoint, the older Superman, the wiser Superman, not this cocky kid that they had originally. They sort of, took what was what people didn't like about the new 52 got rid of it and then retconned everything back to where stuff's sort of normal again and it, it was a they, they they did a ton of stuff with it it was a convergence event and like i said dc continuity what drives dc comics is its continuity so you don't have to know all of it to read stuff but certain storylines you do and like that's why i said i don't recommend the crisis events i recommend mm-hmm. flashpoint because it's a very self-contained Okay. story and it's a good place to start for when you you want to go into the stuff from new 52 because that stuff's easy to pick up and read now some stuff i will point out like green lantern did continue its story from pre-flashpoint to post-flashpoint and there's a lot of stuff that they don't explain because a lot of people a lot of characters didn't know what was going on and didn't have their full histories revealed to them yet Okay. Of what happened. So that's that was an interesting thing with New 52. Once again, with Rebirth coming out now, there's a lot of great places to start. So I think I'm going to... I'm going to... Ellie's, Ellie's telling me to tap the brakes now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope... If you have any questions, by all means, ask. But I, I tried to go over the crisis and all the retcon stuff as easy as I could. And like I said, I... I, oh my gosh, we, we could get into this stuff real deep. But I feel like it, it would just... It, it, I just... I, I love talking about it, but I feel like people listening to it, it seems uninteresting talking about the crisis stuff because it's really confusing. Yeah, that that's always been one of those barriers as far as, well, if I pick up X comic, will it have any relation to like this other comic I, I may pick? I will say this. You're probably fine picking up just any just volume one of certain things. I, w- I would recommend going for volume ones. Uh, mm-hmm. The New 52 is great. Re- Rebirth is great. Um, it just depends what you want to read, but I think we've given you some options from both pre-Flashpoint, post-Flashpoint, and just stories that kind of work on their own throughout all Definitely. of this. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, all right, I'm, I'm cutting myself off now unless, he has another, unless you have another question. No, I am good. You have given me a solid foundation to go into that comic book shop and or order from Amazon and get some stuff in here. Awesome, and of course we do read the read this all the time for stuff like this. Um, we try to stick to more indie stuff, but I mean we've covered stuff like, um, of course, the Court of Owls mm-hmm. and City of Owls, which was the start mm-hmm. of the New Fifty Two run. And like I said, if you want a comic, go pick up one. I, I don't, I don't not recommend that. Just I'm warning you, some comics and Marvel is just as guilty for this. By oh, the way, yeah, definitely. 
But I feel their continuity is more fluid than DC's is sometimes. Mm -hmm, Definitely. DC does a huge, let's change everything. Marvel does huge, let's change everything. But small, little, let's adjust this as they go. Which, like I said, it works for both of them, I feel. But as for comics, they are driven by continuity. So... With that, um, we're going to go to a quick break. I'm going to probably read about 10 more comics, and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up this show with our um, quick discussion on Battlefront. In the shadowed recesses of our world, monsters lurk. Despite our reluctance to find them, an unlucky few cross paths. It's these experiences that we explore at Monsters Among Us podcast. My name is Derek Hayes. Each week, I explore calls from around the world detailing chilling encounters with mystery beasts, ghosts, UFOs, and a plethora of other strange happenings. You can find Monsters Among Us podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. Alright, thank you so much, David. Um, We're back from our break. Um, Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to nerd out. Um, you, you sent us a very, very, very concise list of other stuff. So we have other stuff to, to once again come back to. I think I did the maximum amount of nerding out I could in this one. So hopefully the, the next ones will be a little more concise. But um, we will definitely – we want to revisit this with you again, sir, because this was fun for us to look up and read some older stuff and kind of give, give you a, hopefully a good foundation of – Here's where you can start. And hopefully Absolutely. some of our listeners as well. But with that, um, if you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet, so we well, can move on to... So. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I host a podcast called Tales from the Fandom. Uh, you can find us on podca- uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever you want to call it or your favorite podcast app just by searching Tales from the Fandom. Uh, I have the website, talesfromthefandom.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, same name. Uh, Twitter is talesftfandom, and Instagram is talesfromthefandom. I'm very, 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 very active on Twitter right now, so I'm all over (laughs) the place. Uh, Almost, I would say at least 16 hours out of the day, I'm usually on there retweeting or commenting, uh, and we release every monday with a standard interview show with uh somebody that has something to talk about about fandoms and it could be big fandoms or small fandoms uh we've talked about judge judy and cooking tv shows to (laughs) game of thrones and harry potter and cosplay and uh we do a book review series uh similar to uh read this but i call it book trek where i have one of my friends uh going through the iron druid chronicles right now going through each book Mm -hmm. with that and uh then eventually when we finish that we'll pick a new book to read and go through that series and yeah so i think it's a great show uh one of my guests previously had said that not every episode is going to be for a listener but we guarantee that a listener will find an episode that suits them the best i will definitely agree with that sentiment you do a great job on that show and i Always enjoy listening to see who you've pulled from the fan- <laughs> from the world of fandom this week. And also now, hopefully you are locked and loaded with some new knowledge 
to to bring to hopefully one of your guests soon. Yes. If you have somebody I, I, with the DC universe, now you can be like, ah, I, I I got this covered. There you go. In fact, I've been trying to pull some some more DC side people, uh, and hopefully, I can get some that are beyond the realm of Batman or Superman. I I guarantee that there's a lot more out there, and trust me, I know one of them on your list was Booster Gold. <laughs> I, I I chose Booster Gold. I chose Green Lantern, but trust me, when we do this again, I will discuss Booster Gold because he is the greatest hero you've never heard of. <laughs> So with that, since since we've given David the opportunity to tell people where to find him, it's time for us to discuss a controversial topic, Ellie. And David can sit in on it too. He might have an opinion. But we are going to discuss the much debated, always controversial Battlefront 2. As our early kind of first impression review, Ellie, what do you want to say about this game? Well, I've I've played the arcade a few times. All right. And then I played, I don't know, uh, four maybe four missions. What are you currently doing? Um, Spoiler alert. Uh, the first space battle. Okay, you are one, two, three missions in. Three. Okay. Um. I I mean I'm not unhappy with it. Okay. Uh, it's gorgeous. Yes. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, very pretty. The mechanics are not revolutionary. It's pretty standard shooter mechanics. It's got some collectibles in there that mm-hmm. you can get. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So so far, <laughs> as usual, I'm horrible at, f- at flying scenes. If it it's makes you terrible. feel any better, I'm I'm getting the hang of it, but it, it does have a learning curve, in my opinion, for the flight. Oh, it's it's awful. Um, n- not that it's awful. I'm saying I'm awful at yes. <laughs> at at those type of uh, levels. But but like I said, for the most part, I mean it's okay. So storyline stuff like that, thumbs up. Graphics, it's interesting so far. Yes. Graphics, everything like that, thumbs up. Yes. All right. I okay. I have played the multiplayer. I have played the arcade, and I have played the single player. Not beating the single player yet. I'm trying to savor it, but I know I know what happens, and the stories. How am I gonna say this without getting you upset? Yeah, because I will be mad. Okay, <laughs> the story at one point becomes super predictable. It okay. is it is very like there, there, there's a, there's an event that's gonna happen, and you're gonna be like, well, I see where this is going real quick. And I, I was hoping for them to draw certain things out a little bit longer, but I'm interested to still see how they handle it. Now for the controversial side of this. The multiplayer. Yes, the loot boxes as of the time of this are shut off. I had no intention of buying any. I wanted to play this game purely as a... I, I paid X amount of dollars for this. I'm going to play it and not put any more dollars towards it because this game needs to hold up on its own. The loot system, I know I sound like a broken record like everyone else is, it is not well done. They need to improve it. They need to drastically improve it, and they need to do it quick. Because it makes it um, very unfair in certain regards. To it, it is a drastic difference from someone who's played for a day or two to someone who's played for several hours, and it is a drastically, they are obviously going to have a huge advantage over you with not only weapons but upgrades and stuff like that that make it really drastically unfair to you. The best example I can use, 
Um, David, I think you've told me in the past you played Warcraft. Yep. Okay. Imagine you're playing War. You know, in Warcraft they had the little, "Hey, you're you're a new character. You can stay in this zone. Big big bad characters can't come and harm you." Mm-hmm. This is not like that. It is, "Hey, everyone, go in this field area. Have fun." So, you you get put up against people who have drastic upgrades that are like auto targeting and stuff that increases your chances of getting certain things. So. It makes it a little unfair, so they need to balance that out a little bit to make it so newcomers feel just as welcome. The battles are chaotic, and I do enjoy them. Isn't that what AI is for, though? The you mean playing the arcade mode? Yeah. Well, that that would be fine if you could if you could you only get a hundred points for playing each each level, and they cap you out at five hundred a day. Well, but what I'm saying is, and that's is, not enough, by the way, to buy anything. Um, I'm. Just saying, like, I'm not defending the game. Okay. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just different devil's advocate here. All right. Um, then get over it. Like, don't oh, be no, pussy about I, it. I have no... I, I want to keep playing. You have to put playing. the time in. I want to keep playing, I know, I'm but just it's, saying, it's like, the... If, you, if, you're, if you're too scared to play okay, the game because... Hold on. Okay, okay. If you're too scared to play the game because you haven't put enough time into it, then that's that for for people that i'm not a big um online person you know that yes i i when i play video games i like the single player campaigns always have i love bots just like with halo i used Mm -hmm. to love playing the the online bots instead of real people because real people are jerks and so (laughs) (laughs) i don't now i i can get into some mmos so don't get me started there. But I'm saying shooter type games. But you normally play P- PVE and MMOs. Right, I do. I normally So play. there are other people around, but they right. can't I really don't do, do anything to you unless you Correct. let it happen. But I'm just saying, so for for a shooter style game, for people like me that might be a little bit more intimidated to play with other players, mm-hmm. I'm going to play campaign and arcade. For people like you that do like to play other players then that's why you play that section. So I'm just saying it's it's kind of you play to your styles, and if, if you're that concerned about it not being fair because you're not leveled up enough, then play other versions of it. Okay, two things on that. Sorry, a few things on that. Um, one, there is somebody else that made this point. This game does not feel like a shooter. It feels more like a Star Wars game, a more truer to Star Wars game fans than it is to shooter fans because of the way it handles. Each weapon does have certain certain advantages to them, and they it's not like you're using the same weapon for everything. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing. So it's it's obviously kind of meant more for I'm a fan. I want to play this game. Right. The other thing is the loot boxes are disabled right now, but I can see how that would make it drastically unfair if somebody was able to drop fifty bucks. That's any game, though. No, no, no. It's able to drop fifty bucks and have a distinct advantage over everyone else so who plays. So are you played. saying that doesn't happen in Destiny, Call of Duty, Battlefield, all of those games? You can buy stuff, and if you want to put the money into it, that's what you do. But it's unfair that someone can put the money into it and get farther than some. <laughs> okay, if if I put fifty hours. <laughs> Sorry, into a, David. <laughs> if, okay. if I put fifty hours into gameplay, mm-hmm. and someone puts fifty dollars and they equal out that playing field, that's not fair in my but opinion. But that's the way the gaming world is right now. It's it's always been that. So it's not, they they need to fix. The, I know, but it's the, not fair to to get on this game for that particular topic. You know, I want this to be a it. short one. By the 
play. But <laughs> they I, all do it though. But it's this not... one does it to the extreme oh, level of it. God. And I'm glad they're shut off right now. But my my final point, my final opinion on this game for this episode, by the way. Also, I'm going to plug this, and I'm going to plug something else in a second. Um, for this, by the way, is David calling back to a previous episode you were on. You you were on for us us discussing Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the planet Scarif, that beautiful tropical paradise. Yes. Imagine you get to go to that tropical paradise, sir, and they're like, you can look at everything around here, but you're only allowed to be in this kiddie pool. That is my opinion on the game. It is a beautiful thing to play in, but your play area is this tiny little thing that's kind of like, but but there's so much else out there that you could do, and it's like, nope, you got to play in that. That's my final opinion on here. If you want to hear a deeper... I'm going to interject for a second. I I agree with you to a certain extent, but Mm -hmm. this is not an open-world role-playing game. So it is a shooter. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're going to be limited with a shooter-style game. If this was a Witcher-style game, then I'm pretty sure you would be able to access more parts of this lush environment. Does that make sense? No, I'm just saying that that it's a very beautiful game. Right. But it's shallow as crap. But I know, but I'm just saying it's it's the style of the game, unfortunately. I wish they'd make another Old Republic. We nice all old, do, Ellie. That, we all do. That's what I'm waiting for is another Nice of the Old Republic. But anyway, besides the MMO one, you know what I'm trying to say. But they can't charge us loot crates for that, so there's the inherent problem. As I was saying, if you want to hear a more deeper discussion with me and somebody else who's played the game a little more extensively on Knights of Vader this coming week, we discuss that. So definitely go check me out over on Knights of Vader podcast. With that, Ellie, where can people find us on the internet? Oh, wait, one more thing. I always have one more thing. On our Star Wars note, I'm probably probably all wondering, where is our Force Awakens? Well, it will be a Thanksgiving Day surprise for everybody. We'll be putting it out on the th- around Thanksgiving. Um, we apologize. There will not be an episode on next Monday, the 27th. Um, we are going to, of course, have our read this on... Read this, kind of slash watch this on Runaways. Mm-hmm. So we will have that on the 29th or 30th next week. So check that out. Um, I just wanted to say we apologize. We're going to be out of town. But we wanted to give you the the Force Awakens, which a lot of fun to record. I, I, I'm going to still keep it a surprise on, on who we got. But it, it was it was electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Retroactively, you will get that reference. With that, um, where are some of the best places on the internet to find us, Ellie? Uh, well, of course, Podbean. Apple Podcast. You can, of course, find us on Stitcher, Google Play, and Tune Tune In as well. Mm-hmm. If you want to find us on Facebook, what do you search? Zing this. If you want to find us on Twitter and tweet at us, as well as, of course, David tweets at us as well. <laughs> at Zing this. You can find us on Instagram at Zing this podcast. Playing some games, twitch.tv slash Zing this. If you want to contribute to the podcast, you can, of course, go to www.patreon.com slash zingthis Also, I recently changed I didn't change the amount, but our $1 contributors are now super fans and our 
five dollar contributors are omega fans <laughs> i just our original ones were one <laughs> thumb up two thumbs up and i'm like i need to change I like, that i like those names better yes I, I i think i improved it i think <laughs> i improved it so you can check out that there's extra content on there of course you can go to youtube and find us on there if you want to email us directly you can go to zingness at gmail.com if you want to buy some t-shirts with our logo on it or just other stuff with our logo on it or like onesies. a sticker yes or stickers yes you can go to www.tpublic.com slash zing this our sound guy is a ron our logo is done by chris zinger and finally <laughs> dj golden boy 89 play us out and i want to th- again thank you david for being on Yay. this week's episode as always i'm proud to be a guest on the zing this podcast <laughs> well thank you sir and until next time Bye. <laughs>